Welcome and thank you for listening to another episode of the Voice of Business podcast. We're your hosts, Kyle Jacobson and Eddie McBride. We're joined today by Adriana Kohler and Katie Mitten from Texans Care for Children for a discussion about Medicaid in Texas, as this has emerged as a major issue from both the federal and state levels. So thank you for joining us, Adriana and Katie, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And like Kyle said, thank you all again for joining us this afternoon. And and I'll go ahead and kick off today's discussion about three specific Medicaid-related policies that we'd like for our listeners to learn from uh, and more about. And thank you for being the experts to be here today. So let's start with 12 months postpartum coverage for Texas women. Please tell us a little bit more about this policy and how it would impact things for new mothers. Absolutely. Uh We know that when moms have healthy pregnancies and healthy births, kids are off to a strong start in life and families can can thrive. Um, Unfortunately, you know, childbirth, one of life's greatest joys, can turn into tragedy when medical issues or complications arise. Here in Texas, we have seen, um, unfortunately, many pregnancy-related deaths and maternal mortality is just the tip of the iceberg. Many Texas moms face medical issues like postpartum depression, cardiac arrest, infection, blood loss. This, these issues happen um, during or in the year after pregnancy. This can lead to extra hospital stays or long-term health problems for mom and baby and higher costs for the state and the Medicaid program. Here in Texas, women with lower incomes can get Medicaid coverage while they're pregnant, but it cuts off 60 days after pregnancy. This leaves new moms uninsured at a pivotal time for their health and their baby's healthy development. You can imagine a new family with with a newborn, it's a stressful time. And the fact that so many moms get cut off of insurance is especially worrisome because one third of maternal deaths in Texas happen more than 40 days and up to a year after pregnancy. That's pretty scary. So what can we do about it? There's a bill that passed the Texas House recently, HB 133. This bill is a a strong bipartisan support and would allow mothers to keep Medicaid insurance for one year after pregnancy instead of just two months. This step is not only good for health um, and for babies, also helps the whole community. There's a recent report that showed that failing to address maternal mental health conditions like postpartum depression costs the state $2.2 billion. And interestingly, a lot of the largest costs are from are, are to employers and economic costs, productivity losses, missed work days, absenteeism. That accounts for $600 million. And then there are also costs to the child, like behavioral health conditions when a mom is suffering from postpartum depression. And then extra health expenditures on hospitals, uh, employer-sponsored health insurance, and um, you know rural hospitals in the area. 
So we can do so much by ensuring, you know, we can reduce those costs and help treat these issues early um, by allowing moms to keep their coverage, get that help they need early before it gets worse. Well, thank you a lot for that overview, Adriana. I think that covers the issue very well. Um, And my next question, I think, is for Katie. Um, And this item is a a discussion about 12 months of continuous coverage for children in the state of Texas. Uh, And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the way things stand is right now children on Medicaid are required to go through a reapplication process after five months. And sometimes that reapplication process, uh, it winds up leaving some behind who, who just fall through the cracks for one reason or another. Um, who are still eligible for and in need of that coverage. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your advocacy for this policy item and how it might help not just the children, but their parents as well? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right that um, once kids, um, there's a really accurate system we have right now. Um, It's effective, robust system for checking kids' eligibility when they enroll in Medicaid and again, when they reach a year of health coverage. But right now, just a few months after confirming a kid's eligibility, Texas also runs inaccurate, unnecessary mid-year eligibility checks that mistakenly remove eligible kids from their health coverage. Um, Similar to what Adriana was talking about, about healthy moms and healthy kids and healthy babies, you know, we obviously want kids to be healthy. Um, And maintaining health coverage helps helps kids in a number of ways. Um, including offering consistent support for children's mental health, providing reliable access to immunizations and checkups that prevent more serious and costly health problems, helping kids get back to school quickly when they're sick, and also ensuring infants and toddlers get the support they need during the critical early years of development. Um, And when parents work in low-wage jobs that don't offer health coverage for them or their families, Medicaid insurance does do a great job of making sure that kids have reliable access to checkups and support for mental health challenges or or anything they need when they get sick. Um, But like I said, we unfortunately have this current system of inaccurate, unnecessary mid-year eligibility checks that can happen up to four times in the middle of the year for families um, that have kids with Medicaid. Um, The system... Um, actually kicks about 65,000 kids off of insurance. And that the most re- according to the most recent data that we have from 2019, um, we know that this system is wrong at least 30% of the time because we know that um, some, those families that were flagged and are able to return the information within the short 10-day window, they're able to maintain their coverage. We also know the system's wrong because we know at least 40% of those kids that are kicked off of coverage mid-year actually re-enroll in Medicaid within six months. So they're churning off of Medicaid and going right back on. So that shows us that the kid was most likely eligible all along and they shouldn't have seen a gap in their coverage. Um, You know, this is a business podcast. So I wanted to give a a few examples of of why the business community should should care about uh, making the system better. Um, One, we know that when kids have health coverage, they can get preventative care and, and quickly get care when they're sick. That means their parents can get back to work more quickly. We also know that re- research shows that kids that have Medicaid coverage actually have better attendance in school and higher educational achievement. That means that we have a better prepared future workforce. Um, we also 
Also, continuous uninterrupted coverage means parents can feel confident about scheduling any of the care that their kids need. So you can imagine being a parent that has taken weeks to fill out paperwork and schedule appointments so that your kid can get speech therapy so that they can do better in school. Um, and you know, the parent also takes time off of work. They show up for this visit, um, excited that their kid can finally get these services that they need only to find that their child no longer has their Medicaid health coverage when they show up at the doctor. If you talk to any pediatrician or specialist that works with uh, kids, you'll find that this is a common occurrence if they are a provider that accepts Medicaid. Um, and then finally, we know that kids that have coverage have fewer ER visits. That means that those rural hospitals out in, out in your area um, are not having to pay for emergency care because kids are getting the preventative care that they need thanks to the Medicaid health coverage that they have. Um, so as, as you mentioned, Kyle, um, we're excited that a co committee substitute version of the bill has passed the House. Um, this committee substitute would um, eliminate the inaccurate mid-year eligibility reviews for the most part. Um, it would, instead of having four of those reviews mid-year, it would move to just one at month six. And it would give families 30 days to respond rather than the very short 10-day window that they currently have. Um, so that the bill numbers, HB 290, we're really excited that it's passed the House and are waiting for it to be referred to a committee on the Senate side. Well, Katie and Adriana, thank you all very much. And we know that Texans Care for Children are doing a great job looking out not only for, for moms and, and children and parents in general, but also in this business imperative. So thank you very much for those. And in those two particular items, along with this next issue, are also business issues that we are awful interested in as well. And this last and final policy item we'd like to discuss is taking advantage of matching federal funds if Medicaid is expanded in Texas, which is obviously a very hot topic right now. And while this was an important issue when the session started, perhaps it moved even more to the forefront following the Biden administration's de decision to rescind the 1115 waiver extension for the state of Texas. So what federal matching opportunities are out there for Texas and why should we take advantage of those? Great question. I think it, it, it it's worth noting for a moment, um, you know, what's in place right now um, Texas is one of few states where um, Medicaid is not available to most most adults below the poverty line, except during pregnancy and then if they have a severe disability that qualifies. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about a single parent with two kids. Um, she's a child care teacher. She may be a nursing assistant, a cashier, has a yearly income of about fifteen dollars or $20,000. She earns too much to qualify for Medicaid and not enough to qualify for subsidies on healthcare.gov. That's if she doesn't get healthcare from her employer. So she might be out of luck. That's what's going on. And that's why we have such a high uninsured rate. That's one of the reasons. Um, uh, we have the highest uninsured rate in the country and it's for folks of all backgrounds, black, Hispanic, white, everyone. It's higher in, in all areas um, and in rural and urban communities. So, um, what can we do? Uh, momentum is building. The majority of House members are now officially signed on to what's called the Live Well Texas bill, 
Last week, 188 groups wrote a letter to Texas leaders um, saying we need a solution to address the uninsured rate. Um, you know, leaders can give this bill a hearing. It is a bipartisan alternative to traditional Medicaid expansion. It would allow our state to pull down that 90% federal match. Um, it addresses a lot of concerns that folks have had on both sides of the aisle. You know, it's a really good bipartisan solution. And let's just say it is good for our state budget. Um, it will, it's, it, it's good to know that the addressing coverage and pulling down that those 90% federal matching funds will save money in the state budget. Uh, studies show that that 10% that's the non-federal share can be paid for through savings generated um, and some other options. Um, a recent report showed a net savings of 100 million to our state budget over the biennium. Uh, this this solution would cover 1.4 million Texans. It's by far the biggest tool in our toolbox that we can work towards. And it creates jobs. Um, a study found that there are great economic effects, gains of 45 billion to the gross uh, product and over 460,000 in job and jobs and new employment over the biennium. It's a, a great solution and we need to, leaders need to seriously consider this as we're looking down the next year um, and these continued challenges for our state. Very good. Well, um, I'd like to try and put a bow on this discussion by asking y'all um, where you see things headed for all these discussions um, as we enter the home stretch here in the 87th and uh, either one of you can chime in or maybe both if you've got um, differing opinions on this. But um, as Eddie alluded to, the 1115 waiver ruling may have been a catalyst of sorts, and it seems like at least some of these Medicaid-related proposals have some measure of bipartisan support. So with about a month to go, can you all kind of tell us and our listeners a little bit about where you maybe see some of these items ending up at the end of the legislature? You know, it's, it's really great to see that there's bipartisan support for some of these measures. Uh, Speaker Phelan in the House it released a package of uh, health priorities. Uh, two of the bills we talked about today, HB 133 and HB 290, are on that list. And they passed the House um, with flying colors, great bipartisan support. It's just uh, a matter, you know, we're getting getting down to the wire. We have a few weeks of session to go. We need Senate leaders to act and uh, take this these two bills to the finish line. There's some other great bills in that package as well. Some important stuff for telehealth that's important for the Lubbock area and making sure people can get health care at the right time in the right place. Um, but I, I think it's important to look at those at speaker feelings, bipartisan pri health care priorities and help help get them across the finish line. Katie, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Um, I think I, I just want to echo Adriana that, you know, we're feeling hopeful that um, especially for these two bills related to maternal and child health, that th these would both be a great step in the right direction to make sure that moms and kids have their coverage. Um, and we hope, you know, we're, we'll be paying close attention and, and hoping that the Livewell Texas bill gets a hearing so that, you know, there can be a discussion in the house at least about the opportunities that medicaid expansion offers to our state 
Well, we certainly wish y'all the best of luck and because y'all are y'all are representing a lot of us in those endeavors as well. So thank you for what, uh, again, Adriana and Katie, you both are doing in this respect and especially Texans Care for Children. And, uh, and a lot of information is at your website at txchildren.org that folks can go and gather a lot of information as well. So thank you very much and we're appreciative of the time you've given us today. Thank you Thanks so for much. having us. And thank you also to all of our listeners uh, for tuning in another episode of the Voice for Business podcast. You can subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week.